Uh, okay then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show. Wolf, what's going on over there? You look frantic. Yeah, just trying to go ahead and get everything all aligned right now. Good morning, Basinonians. The Wolf and Luke show broadcasting, of course, so you don't have to. How are you doing today, Luke? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you're going to be doing pretty good when you find out we have Max Williams coming up on the show today. That's, okay, Max yeah, Williams. Max what Williams. time exactly is that? Well, the plan is around 1045, somewhere in that range. You know, with practice, you don't know exactly when practice is going to end, so it might be a, a segment earlier or later. But Max Williams coming on soon. How's that? Okay, Max Williams, a tight end, of course. Hopefully he's going to be able to play at some point in time for the Arizona Cardinals in the year 2022. We don't know if that's going to happen. Hopefully he's going to get back out on the field at some point in time. Very, very encouraging to see him. The last week we're actually in training camp out practicing and he was doing it in full pads. So hopefully that's an indicator that at some point in time, Max Williams, either in September, maybe even October, is going to be out there with the silks on. Uh, there'll be other guests as well, but Max Williams we know for sure coming up here within the first hour of the show. Wolf, we are going to start with basketball because the Phoenix Suns are going to open their season on October 19th, and it is reportedly going to be at home against the Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) It has to be, right? Why do you say that? It It has has to to be. be. Well, we are now three months and one day away from the most mind-boggling basketball game and possibly sporting event I've ever seen in person on May 15th at Footprint Center, Suns-Mavericks Game 7. Yeah, the next game the Suns play, the next actual meaningful game, not preseason, really should be against Dallas at home to, you can't erase what happened last year, but if you want a little juice for the first game of the season, yeah. there it is. You know, all I could think of is, okay, I guess we're playing for keeps. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was the only thing I could think of right there when the NBA came out and made this announcement. There it is, of course. The Phoenix Suns are going to be playing, and it's the first game for both teams. Yep. That's what's really kind of yep. cool about this, right? I'd be fine if they only played Dallas 82 times this year, honestly. <laughs> I'll take my chances. You know, uh, I don't know about that, Luke. Uh, the storylines, they matter. And the NBA just acknowledged the fact that the storyline and the way the season ended for the Phoenix Suns and even the Dallas Mavericks, the way they beat the Suns coming back after being down 2-0, being down. Think about that once again. No. Another collapse I won't. by the Phoenix Suns uh, in a series right there. It really was so disconcerting, yet at the same time, man, the storylines are there. The NBA knows that, especially in the Western Conference. Think of all the Luka's verse, right? DA, Luka in D-Book, Luka in CP3, Luka being down 2-0 in the series, and coming back and ejecting the Phoenix Suns from the postseason. J-Kid, Former son, of course, J.K. and Monty Williams, JaVale McGee. Yeah, how about that? So the one guy of consequence that's left the Suns so far 
is on Dallas now. <laughs> so if you're going to run it back with the same team, like October 19th, DeAndre Ayton will be on the Suns going up against Luka and the Mavs. Devin Booker, Chris Paul. It certainly appears it's basically going to be the same Suns team minus JaVale McGee, who's on Dallas now. So we can just pick up right where we left off. Like They were going to play Dallas, obviously. But if they played them the seventh game of the season, yeah. it would still have some juice. But, Wolf, I really feel like it needed to be the first game. Like, let's just have that first game. Ideally, you beat Dallas by, I don't know, like 37. And then you just kind of put that behind you now for the start of the next season. You know, what's so bothersome about it as well is going into that series, I remember we all thought the Phoenix Suns were going to have a huge advantage because of DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we appeared to be the more physical team, especially with guys like Jay. Crowder being out there, and now all of a sudden you've got JaVale McGee, a guy that was a big part of what the Phoenix Suns. JaVale McGee. Well, it was. It was the truth. He was a big part of what the Suns were doing last season, of course, and the toughness that he brought and the physicality that he brought. Boy, now all of a sudden Dallas is going to have that, and I thought that was the one area we all thought the Suns would have an advantage in and with, and that was just not the case. It is quickly becoming one of the Suns' bigger rivals, I think, because no you, doubt. you have a team that you've owned. You've absolutely owned them since they added Luka and since you added D.A. Now, we're not, we don't have to have the conversation of who the better player is because Luka's the better player. But since those two players got drafted, the Suns have owned the Mavericks. And yet, for one really bad nine-day stretch at the end of last season at the worst possible time from May 6th to May 15th, Dallas got hot, Luka played out of his mind, and the Mavericks handled the Suns. We still don't know what was going on with the Suns' side of things, but the Mavericks obviously played well. They win four of the five, and now, Wolf, honestly, if you go anywhere, any any sort of post by Devin Booker, it's just Mavericks fans responding that Luka owns you. Yeah. Devin Booker, when 2K tweeted out the cover, it's just Mavericks fans saying Luka owns Devin Booker, which isn't really accurate, but he did win the last couple games, and they were the most important ones. So this is a rivalry, whether you like it or not, and here we go. Yeah, I know. One of the things, again, that I really like about this, I understand that there are 82 games, Luke, in a season. And then, of course, the postseason, the second season. And right now, it's a beautiful thing that we talk about the Phoenix Suns in the context of, oh, of course they're going to make the playoffs. Of course there's going to be a postseason. Of course there's going to be a second season for the Phoenix Suns. What a beautiful thing that is. So let's not just gloss over that as we're talking about this. They are so relevant, it's not even funny. They are so compelling. Even now, they're going to play on Christmas Day. We all understand that. But... Man, um, this should be the redemption tour more than anything else for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and it should start at home against Dallas. And I love the fact that it's going to do that. It's going to focus them. I realize it's one of 82 games, Luke. The first game always feels bigger. But still, it does. And not only that, I like it. I like the fact that the first regular season game. Will that get their attention? Will that will that allow you to focus just a little bit more on what is coming up? Yes, is the answer. You know, you mentioned we already know they're going to play on Christmas. They're playing Denver on Christmas. If you told me, okay, should they be playing Dallas on Christmas or should they be playing Dallas on the opener? 
it's a no-brainer. They should be playing on them on the opener. The first game the Phoenix Suns play to start to put what happened at the end of last season out of everybody's minds should be against Dallas. So it should not be against anybody league, else. They did this purposely? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying their they, random algorithm came up with a good they one. They looked at it and said, man, you know what? It'd be really cool right there if Phoenix played Dallas. Well, and unless anybody forgets, too, Dallas uh, went on and proceeded to win one game against Golden State, barely. So it's not even, like you mentioned before, the Suns, okay, yeah, we're all just glossing over the fact they're a playoff team. They are. Dallas is a good basketball team. I don't think they're as good as the Suns. I know they won that series. Sometimes teams that aren't the better team win a series. If the Suns had lost to Golden State in the conference finals, I wouldn't be sitting here saying, well, but I think Phoenix is better than Golden State. No, Golden State's better. But I don't think Dallas is better. I still can't believe it. I'm not even sure Dallas finishes in the top six in the West this year, honestly. No Jalen Brunson, and it's easy to name eight very good teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, when you think when you think as well of Luca verse, okay, um, DA, CP3, or D Book, those three right there. What what is the one that really stands out to you? What is the one? I mean, forget about the DeAndre Ayton thing. I'm over that. I really am. You mean just the in terms of the rivalry? Well, Luca and DA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're so right about that. I mean, we all know who the better player is right now. That's so twenty twenty one. I'm just saying. It just to me, I, I don't even look at that anymore. It really is Luca and Devin Booker. Yeah. That to me, you've got a superstar and you got another superstar in the making, and that being Devin Booker. Because Booker, once he got on the biggest stage in the NBA, once he started making the playoffs, okay, he's been in the playoffs twice, right? They well, they won the first three series his first year, and when they lost to the Bucks, nobody said, "Oh, Giannis beat Booker." But last year, when the Suns lost, that was the narrative that came out of that series nationally was, "Oh, Luca, Luca just dominated Booker." Yeah. But can you imagine, too, that crowd is going to be out of its mind. Yeah, go to that game. We should do the show from that game somehow. <laughs> my goodness, man. Honestly, stop and think about it. My brothers and sisters of the Basin, stop and think about that crowd and the way that's going to be at the Footprint Center when Dallas comes to town See? to start the regular season, the 2022-23 regular season, it's going to be a freak show. You're getting me on board, too, with this whole just run it back because I'm not going to be upset if the Suns go out there and win with basically the same team that they lost with last year. You know what I mean? If they won with Durant, and don't get me wrong, if Durant wants to come here, we'll have a conversation. But if the Suns go out there and, and take care of business in that first game and it's Aiton and it's Booker and it's Chris Paul and it's Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson going off, it'll yeah. be kind of fitting. You know what else is going to be kind of cool right there because of JaVale McGee as well? Um, I do believe at some point in time when training camp starts, we're going to hear what happened. <laughs> we're going to hear what happened. Yeah. Who, who breaks the silence first, JaVale or DA? talking about it. We're going to find out what happened. Somebody's going to spill the beans. All right, we come back. You can become a champion of hope. Giveathon week for Phoenix Children's continues next on the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports App. Giveathon on the Wolf and Luke Show. 
Uh, the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and Auction Indian Community, continues here on Tuesday Wolf. Of course, we're doing this once an hour, every show, trying to raise money for PCH. We do this every year. It is the, what is it, the biggest uh, radio telethon for a children's hospital in the country. No big deal. Yeah. Um, great cause. an awful lot of money over the last 12 years as well. Some $23 million, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. So one point eight million last year, which I uh, just am, am blown away by just that number, even in normal times. But considering everything that was going on last year, and I get that some of that's still going on this year. But obviously, the kids need you. They, the kids cannot wait. You've been hearing some of the stories, some of the success stories. Not all the stories turn out the way that we hope they do. But PCH gives these kids and their families, like you brought up yesterday, uh, a, a real fighting chance. So the Desert Financial Phone Bank opens. 602-933-4567. Again, 602-933-4567. Got a lot of volunteers. We met some of them yesterday standing by to take your call. Yeah, that was really, really cool right there. 602-933-4567. I think if you're listening right now, the thing that a lot of people don't truly understand or comprehend is the fact that you... You can make a difference right now, wherever you are, whether you're home, whether you're at work, whether you're on your way, you're commuting, whatever it is, you can make a difference. One person picking up the phone and calling 602 $20 a month, man, you become a champion of hope, Luke. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. We've been talking about it for the last two days, but the champions of hope. This is how you get involved. It's a first step for many, many people. $20 a month or a one-time payment of $240. You listening right now can make a difference in a child's life, in their life, and whether or not they're going to get well. You can make a difference in a family. That, that needs your love and support and your strength right now. 602-933-4567. You listening can make a difference. That that really is it. You it, There's not a lot of chances in life where you can make a difference that is like an instant impact, and that is the case here with uh, with your donations. All right, Wolf, we got a check presentation right now from On Cue Financial. All right, joined now by Sean Cannon, branch manager of OnQ Financial, and Jody Winters, a mortgage consultant for OnQ Financial, our PCH partners this year. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, Sean, why is OnQ Financial so uh, committed to being part of this Giveathon? It's now your third year participating. Yes, it is our third year. It's just, you know, OnQ has always been um, giving back to the community and, and finding their parts that they are really important to them and obviously children and family and everything is probably the most important part of being of what we do we do mortgages we put people in homes we have let, let people have their family dreams and their you know houses and stuff like that so pch is just a very natural fit for us to be able to give back and help those people who need help well jody let's get to the main event shall we i know yes. you have a check to present we sure do I'll it over to you yes twenty five thousand dollars from on financial to pch that is tremendous thank you so much for your generosity year in and year out with on financial thank you very much for having us
How about on-cue financial? Oh, Come on, with a goodness. quick 25 grand right there. Wow, that Not is awesome. On-cue financial, thank you so much for your donation. $25,000, that is going to help so many of these kids, so, much, so many of the families that are supporting these kids. That is just fantastic. All right, well, it's time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Getting a driver's license, a big milestone for any teenager. For a parent, it's a milestone that comes with concerns, but getting a call that your son has been involved in a serious accident is one of your worst nightmares. This is Colton's story. I'm Tara. I'm Colton's mom. And I'm Colton, and this is my story. I was heading home from the lake, and my back tire blew. His car rolled about 10 times, and on the third roll, he was ejected through the front windshield head first. I blacked out on the first roll, and then I woke up on the ground. Couldn't move my legs, and I was pretty beat up. I knew I was paralyzed. So damn easy, you say the life's so hard. Everybody's got their share of battle scars. As for me, I'd like to thank my lucky stars that I'm alive and well. They were pretty close, so I was able to get there before the helicopter. Horrible feeling, because <laughs> you don't know, um, is he going to make it? He grabbed my hand and told me he was sorry, because he didn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> and uh, I gave him a kiss, and he told me how much he loved me, and I told him how much I loved him, and I just held him for a minute, and that was pretty much all we had time to say. And today you know that's good enough for me. I was flown to PCH. His leg had been degloved. He had a broken back and then an aortic tear, and it just kind of kept piling on, and the nightmare just got bigger and bigger, and the blessing was was that he was alive. I mean, he just, every doctor that came in said that scientifically he, he never should have survived that car accident. Stars are dancing on the water here tonight. It's good for the soul when there's not a soul in sight This road has caught its wind and brought me back to life Now I'm alive and well I made a goal when, and that was that I wanted to walk across the stage for graduation to receive my diploma. I'll be walking across the stage in two weeks. It's um, amazing how far he's come. Hopefully I don't fall. Today's the first day of the rest of my life. Now I'm alive and well. Yeah, I'm alive and well. Phoenix Children's Hospital is amazing. If he would have gone anywhere else, there's no way he would have survived. That's where he needed to be to live. He's going to walk again. He's going to do some amazing things in this life, that's for sure. The Stories of Hope.
Luke. Mm-hmm. Stories of hope. That is what is so amazing about Phoenix Children's and the Giveathon, of course. Stories of hope, just like Colton's right there. This is the reason why we're asking you right now. Pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. You hear the music, and Luke, what does that mean? Well, if that sound means we are in a match right now, and Swire Coca-Cola, if you call and donate right now, they're going to match what you donate. So just think of it that way. If you're going to, if you're able to do 240 bucks, well, it just became 480 bucks, and every dollar counts too. You know, we start talking about these huge dollar amounts, and you know, it's, we're talking about one of the best Phoenix, one of the best children's hospitals in the world, not in Phoenix, in the world, and we have them right here in our backyard. But every dollar really does make a difference. This is one of the great things about it right here. You U.S. News and World Report named Phoenix Children's to its list of best children's hospitals for the 12th consecutive year. (laughs) It's such an awesome thing to have this, right? I mean, Colton will tell you that himself and his story. What an awesome thing to have right here in our backyard. One of the finest children's hospitals in the world. Pick up the phone and support these kids that need our help. Pick up the phone and support the families that need our help. 602-933-4567. Love is strength and strength is love. You ask my kids that, I will tell you right now, they will look you dead in the eye. And if you ask them what is love, they'll say strength. And I'll say what is strength. And they'll look you dead in the eye and they'll say love. I believe this. Pick up the phone, 602-933-4567 and show your strength. And become a champion of hope. $20 a month. A teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name and you'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. And again, every dollar makes a huge difference. And Wolf, that sound right there means it's time for the train Teddy Bear Express. So the teddy bears are getting delivered right now in some people's names. Champions of hope. You got to love that. You become a champion of hope. $20 a month or 241 time payment. And then suddenly a teddy bear is going to be delivered to a kid who needs it in your name. Man, 602-933-4567. All right, we will get back to football when we come back. Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown back on the field. So is this the most talented wide receiver room of the Cliff Kingsbury era? We'll look at that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Coda Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. Quarterback and pro bowler Kyler Murray. Call sign K1. Leads a potent air and ground attack. K1 can go ballistic with unrivaled downfield accuracy. An 80-yard strike. Kyler Murray. Or he can turn on the afterburners and use his speed to score. And he's in for the touchdown. Kyler Murray makes him pay with 
with a 12-yard run. His primary deep threat is new addition to the squadron, Marquise Brown. Call sign Hollywood. Along with backfield workhorse James Conner. Call sign Terminator. Whiteout, Rondale, Jimmy, some more. And tight end Zach, so good it hurts. K1 and the cards have the air superiority tactics and firepower to pile up points. To me, this guy gives us a chance to win the Super Bowl, and that's something to be excited about. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. It's, it's perfect for this segment, Wolf. We've got the uh, the, the replay of Cardinals Bengals on one of the TVs here in the uh, studio right now, so we can we can reference the game as we're talking. Hey, look, there's uh, Jake Browning about to not move the Bengals down the field. Well, this is kind of cool right here. Yeah, yeah, once again, actually watching it. Uh, yeah, nice play. It? Yeah, nice play right there. I believe that was Higgins coming up and laying a little bit of lumber. Yeah, this is going to be kind of cool doing the broadcast all over again. <laughs> Another preseason game. Now you can game. call it off TV. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so uh, the Cardinals, one game into the preseason. The one coming up is Baltimore. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the uh, the story from practice yesterday, Wolf, was the fact that you finally had Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown on the field together. Here is Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, they both practiced today. Um, look good. Kyler looks sharp, and Hollywood looked fast, so that's what we're looking for, and we just got to keep building that rapport, um, but we're down some of those tight ends, so did some 10 personnel and lined up all four of those wideouts together, and it looked like we could have some fun with that. <laughs> if you're going to run a 10 personnel, it'd be nice to do it with Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, and A.J. Green. Okay, so what do you make of what Cliff Kingsbury just said right there, honestly, okay? <laughs> I, um, what do, you, do you read into that at all? Do you think, I oh think, my goodness, here comes some 10? I think him specifically saying 10 personnel felt like, and I know it wasn't this, but it felt like a, a, a message to Wolf. That's what it felt like. But no, look, if you're going to run four receivers... That's a pretty good collection, Wolf. Like, what it does is it kind of puts back in perspective, if you can get through the first six weeks of the season, I get that that's not a given, yeah. but if you can get through those first six weeks and you're in a decent spot, well, this offense has some weapons. It really yeah. does. You know what I love about it? Cliff went ahead, Cliffy went ahead and and qualified what he was going to say about the 10 personnel. Because the tight ends because are Because the tight ends were down. <laughs> right? That's... <laughs> Does anyone believe that? Does anyone truly believe that right now? I don't. Because all I could think of, just looking at the roster, looking at the wide receiver room, the only thought I have, Basinonians, here comes 10 personnel. Here it comes. One back, no tight ends, four wide receivers. And I'm okay with that as long as you mix it up. As long as you mix it up, man, you cannot give a defense a steady diet of any one thing because they will figure you out. Well, depending who you believe or if you believe your eyes or not, we have seen the second half of the last two seasons, especially last year. It looked like teams had figured the Cardinals out. It looked like, and I'm not saying this is the case, but it looked like the Cardinals had these great plays. The teams didn't know what to do when they saw them because the Cardinals had talent on offense last year, and I would argue they maybe even have more this year when everybody's healthy and not suspended. But by the time teams saw all the different plays and saw what they looked like pre-snap, by the time we got into 13 and 14 and week 15, the teams were prepared, and they saw a formation like it's probably going to be one of these two or three plays. 
So I'm with you. It's a great weapon to have. You were telling me the stats before the show that they went to 10 personnel more than anybody last year. Yeah, no, they did. Um, in the Cliff Kingsbury era, of course, nobody has run 10 personnel more than the Arizona Cardinals. Nobody. In each of the years that he's been here, the fourth year, of course. Listen, number one in 10 personnel, which is four wides last year, 13% of the time, the Arizona Cardinals, 13% of the time of all reps, all plays, the Arizona Cardinals were in four wide. That has gone down every year that Cliff Kingsbury is here. Every year. There was a point, I think his first year, where the Arizona Cardinals over twenty percent of the time they were <laughs> That's a lot. They were in ten personnel. That's a lot and, to be in ten personnel. Yeah, there's no doubt. And yet thirteen percent of the time last year they were in ten personnel. The New York Jets, by way of example, number two in the NFL in ten personnel. of the time. 8% of the time. So the Arizona Cardinals, for the most part, are almost doubling the next team. Almost doubling the next team in use of four wide receivers. The Buffalo Bills, number three in the NFL. 7% of the time, they were in 10 personnel. And then you got to go back and think of the Buffalo Bills and what really transpired with the Buffalo Bills. They also had their come-to-the-moment waters. They had the first half of the season, and they had their second half of the season. That first half of the season, they were running a lot of 10 personnel. They were running a lot of that. And the second half of the season, man, they didn't. They started to go ahead and make adjustments. And one of the biggest adjustments was taking Josh Allen and putting him on, putting him under center. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Go back and look at it. But the Cardinals, 13% of the time, they're in four wide. Well, it should be noted, too, just to finish your point on the Bills, the Bills took off in the second half of the season last year. Not Big like they time. were bad in the first half, but something clearly flipped. I think it was the week of the Tampa Bay game. And if I remember right, they they didn't even win that Tampa Bay game, but they came back and made it close and then just went on a tear after that. They were they were way down in that game against the Buccaneers. Uh, but look, it's it's enticing to have the weapon that the Cardinals weapons that the Cardinals have. And I would say an even deeper receiver room this year than they had last year. And that's why I want to say, man, I, I am. We are the Wu Fang clan. I am fine if the Arizona Cardinals want to go ahead and run 10 personnel. Just don't do it ad nauseum. Don't do it. You've got to mix it up in a big time way. If you want to be 15%, I'm fine with that. But you got to, you got to mix it in. This is one of the things they've done very well. They were number 23 in the NFL in 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide. There were 14 right in the middle in use of 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. That number, I think, is going to go up. I just want to see it all. Mix it up and don't be so predictable. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Wolf, I'm pretty sure our next guest is going to agree with you. Because when we come back, we'll be joined by Cardinals tight end Max Williams. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. 
right, practice uh, wrapping up for today as Cardinals camp continues, and we're joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by tight end Max Williams, who, Wolf, I know has been maybe your main story of camp so far. The yeah, fact that he's gotten back as quickly. Max, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, how's, how are things going for you now here in this uh, third week of camp? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. They're, uh, they're going good. We're having fun. Competition. Everyone's getting revved up, get to play Baltimore this week, and... Uh, it's been fun. It's been a good three weeks so far. Max, you still have the mustache, do you? I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's not. It's gone. Oh, <laughs> no. I gave I gave you guys all a fair warning last week. It was coming to that point. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. Oh my goodness! So you just had it for trading cap? That's what oh it was, right? yeah. Well, it started with my cousin's wedding, and then I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can get this thing twirlied up. <laughs> but no, I, I shaved it down a little bit. It's still a little bit there, but it's definitely not twirly anymore. I'm gonna get it cleaned up. Look good for Baltimore. You know, honestly, Max, I look at you as uh, maybe in sixth grade, you could have grown a mustache even then. Did you? Were you no, one of those guys? I was, those guys? I, was, I was a quarterback. I didn't have a beard. <laughs> I was 185 pounds when I graduated. I was just tall and skinny. What <laughs> other sports did you play in high school, Max? I've never asked Hockey. You nice. Hockey? Uh, come right. on. State of hockey up in Minnesota. What do you mean? Come on now. Perfect. We can what just do a hockey play? interview then. Okay, what Defense. Did you, did you were defenseman. Slap okay. shots and big hits. What more do you need? <laughs> uh, Max Williams is joining us right now. Uh, Max, you mentioned the game against Baltimore coming up. And, you know, it's preseason. All we ever hear is, okay, preseason is more about, you know, developing guys, getting everybody in sync and everything. It's not so much about the win or the loss. Like, it's nice to win, but it's not so much about it. Baltimore's won 21 games in a row. I mean, I would assume you guys are aware of that going into this game. I think their streak goes back to 16 when I was still there. Uh But, you know, for us, it's one of those. We're still going to take it one day at a time preparing for this game. And whoever's in is in. We're going to be out there competing. I mean, obviously it's preseason. But you still want to go out there and have good football and win the game. And Cliff talks about it all the time. And all the gun guys know that it's an open competition. I mean, every single team around the league is going to have people watching this film and grading it. And that's the time and opportunity to go really go out there and showcase what you can do, especially if you're a younger player. So it's fun to get out there and watch the competition, basically. Speaking of being able to showcase what it is that you can do, how is the knee, Max? I feel great. And uh, what I come off of this, but my second week off pup and just been taking everything day by day. Every day it's improving. Every day I'm getting a little bit more confident. And that's the biggest thing for me right now is just getting back out there, getting the confidence of doing the job that I'm asked to do. When do you expect to be able to play in a game, my brother? You know, for me, it, since I got hurt, my goal has always been was it September 11th, week one. And I'm not saying I can or can't or I'm ready or I'm not because it's, it's, what, two weeks left to camp. But for me, I'm just going to keep my head down, same path. And when I'm ready to go and coach says I'm good to go, I'm going to be out there. And you know me, I'm going to be out there having fun. We're talking to to, uh, to Max Williams. Max, the uh, the tight end room has changed obviously since since you went down. Uh, you know Zach Ertz pretty well. You're obviously still very involved mm-hmm. in this. Trey McBride, a rookie. This is I mean, when you consider what Zach can do, what you can do, and what Trey can do. This is this is some pretty good depth at that position. I mean, I would say our whole room right now. We even got some rookie Chris Pierce, the converted receiver, that's doing great in practice. Dion, even Psycho. It's just it's night and day how much better he's playing compared to last camp. So it's been. It's been a fun group of guys. It's been my eighth year now, probably the most fun I've had with a group of guys out there competing, having fun, and it just gets you excited for 
what the season's going to bring. Max, do you even talk to the rookie? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. I mean, you two know me well enough. Do you think I can sit in that meetings and not? Come on now. You guys, you know I'm out there. I, everyone's the same. I might make it some snacks or something, but I treat everyone the same. I'm always smiling. I'm okay, happy. And I'm here the, to help. Max, what is the worst thing that happened to you when you were a rookie? Were they hazing oh. you guys at all in 20? What was it, 2015 when you oh. came in? I with think. The Ravens? I think I got the worst was from Terrell Suggs. That man, mm. he put me under his wing afterwards, but I think it was my first or second day in OTAs when I was in Baltimore. I took two steps off the line. He smoked me in my gut. His heart <laughs> dropped me. I'm laying on the ground thinking I'm a puke. He's laughing. He calls me Monty. He said, Monty, welcome to the league. And since that day, that's just been that's been my big brother, man. I, I love Terrell Suggs. He's, he's been with me from the start, so it's, it's been great. That's okay, my, I didn't even know where to start on that one. Wait, wait a minute. Monty? Why I would he call you Monty? <laughs> what? Okay, Your guess yeah, is as good as mine. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I've been Monty since that. day one. I don't know. Is there a, another Monty Williams? Like we so, have two Monty Williams. So here. Terrell Suggs, big movie guy, right? Not okay. here. You know he likes he likes Hollywood, he likes movies, and he said, "I don't look like a Max. I look like a Monty from a movie he liked that's older." <laughs> so from day one in Baltimore, I wasn't Max. I was Monty to him. Oh, that's so good. All right, uh, Max. Did you have to do any of the, like the rookie singing that we always see on Hard Knocks every yeah. year? I did. I had a saying. I sang uh, Afternoon Delight in honor of Anchorman. <laughs> that would have been, 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 been better if I had the mustache. I mean, I was a rookie. I wasn't as confident as I was now. You know, I was trying to keep my head down. I didn't talk as much. I was scared. So I think I could have had a better performance looking back on it. But, hey, I didn't get booed off stage, so I'll take it. You know, some of the things, too, just looking back on your career, since we're going back to when you were a rookie in 2015 with the Baltimore Ravens, what in the world is going on, Max Williams? You had five carries? You had five carries over the two years? <laughs> Years, what was that, 2017, 2018, hey. and you scored two touchdowns? Come on, rushing? I'm just saying, I'm a big running back, I think. If you bring it up like that, maybe I should go back and change it all. Listen, <laughs> so what did they do, Max? They put you in the backfield like a fullback? No, yeah, it was like fullback dive, up the middle, <laughs> third and short, and then they fake like the pitch, but I'm at diving up the middle. Hey, man, I'll take it. Get so, the rock in my hand, stumble bumble. Are, are you trying to get Cliff to actually put you back there again? Say, hey, you know what? I got this mustache. I got no, some no. axes. I've, gr- I've grown up, Wolf. Come on. I'm a, I'm over there, Cliff. You tell me what you want me to do. I'm just, I'm just here to help the team have fun, have a smile on my face. I got you. Uh, Max, I'm still hung up on the rookie show. What was? What can you tell us about the, the Manny Jones impression of Kyler Murray? Because we've heard a lot of uh, <laughs> K2. <laughs> yeah, we've heard oh, this is amazing. You know, I think for me, he did a little bit of a jog when he was up front of the stage, and it, it looked like K1, but way bigger. And I think that was the best part of it for me. The questions and stuff were funny, but when he was jogging around acting like Kyler, oh, man, it had me dying laughing. So, Max, did you call him K2? Yeah. <laughs> is that what his nickname is that, now? That's what, no, I don't know what the D-Line calls him K2 now, but that's that's how they announced him coming in. K2's coming in. <laughs> Okay, so Manny, by the way, man, he had a nice game, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he had that big hit. Good hustle play, ran down the ball, got a big hit on their sidelines. What was that, the third quarter, something like that? Max, have, have there been guys that have kind of surprised you here in camp? Because we saw a few guys make plays in that game on Friday. I think for me speaking, I would just talk about the tight end room now, but I would say obviously all the guys you expect to play good are, but then guys like Chris Pierce, the receiver mm. that we converted, he's out here in practice every day making plays and making a name for himself. And I think mine is Psycho. That's my guy. Just being an international player, playing football really for the first time as a tight end when he got here last year, 
And then I think you guys saw him out there. He got a little celebration after his first catch, a little first down, throw the hand up, and it's just been great watching Psycho develop, get confident, and just become more of a football player. So that's that's been my biggest thing. I've been love watching, being a little bit older guy in the room, seeing a guy like Psycho adapt and really just become his own. Yeah, and he lives in the shade of castles as well. That's one of the coolest things. By the uh, way, are you a medieval guy, Max? I've never asked you that. I do. I do like medieval stuff. Oh. I'm a history. I'm a history guy. I would have been a history teacher back in the day, but then my teacher told me history teachers don't make money, and I was like, all right, I'll go the football route. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. I love the Middle Ages, man. We'll have to talk about that more. Listen, when, when did you know, Max? When did you know you wanted a ball? When did you know you wanted to be a football player? Oh, shoot. I mean, obviously, my dad was playing when I was born, and I was that kid in first, second grade. Teacher said, what do you want to be when you get older? And shoot, since that day, I've been saying I was going to play in the NFL. I've loved it. So you've known for a long, long time. I, this is all Even I've ever loved. Even when you were playing hockey as a defenseman, you weren't I loved, about the I, loved, I loved hockey, right? But... It's just football's always been it with dad and my grandpa and my uncle and just always being around. I, I love this game. That's why I'm out here doing it, obviously, with the knee injury. But I'm like, why, why would I want to change? I mean, I'm going to give this everything I have. I love going out there and playing a game. I mean, I, I have fun every day, smile on my face, and I look forward to going to work. Well, so you know, i got to follow up on this. If you were a defenseman, were you a right-handed shot or a left-handed I was a righty. Oh, I was so a righty. You, so you could have made it in the NHL because there's no right-handed <laughs> shot defenseman in the NHL anymore. I would, I would have been the old-school brawler. I would have started fighting all the time, getting hit. I mean, ain't nobody want to get hit in the face like that. <laughs> so, Max, I have to ask you this, right? And, and I don't want to finish on a downer, but I have to. Are, are you concerned, my brother, at all? Are, are you concerned with the knee and or or do you just say, no, this is not going to bring me down? You know what? I'll give it to you like this. When it first happened, it was tough there for the first couple months not yeah. knowing. Obviously, my wife was pregnant. I just got hurt. I was in a contract year. But I'm at the, I'm at the point now where my wife's good with it. My family's good with it. And I think for me, I need to come out, and I needed to try to play again mm-hmm. for my own. I, I want to be able to look myself in the mirror when I'm older and look at my kids and tell them I gave it everything I had so they had something to look up to. And I'm not ready to be done. Now, if, if I'm not able to, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But no part of me is nervous going out there. Obviously, you're going to be thinking about things, but I'm a firm believer if you're out there trying not to get hurt, mm-hmm. you're going to get hurt. Yep. Now, obviously, injuries happen, but... I'm going out there every day thinking i got to make the most of it because football was almost taken from me. And I'm going to do everything in my power to not let it be taken from me, and I want to go out on my own terms. Well, Max, your, uh, your recovery up to this point has been impressive, man. We wish you the best going forward. Thank you for the time. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, brother. That's Max Williams joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's <laughs> no secret why that's Wolf's guy right there. I just, you know, I love the way that he plays the game. He's not afraid of anything or anybody. He goes out and he balls out. He's really, really good at what he does. And what's so amazing about it, too, so many people forget in the first five games of the season, go back and watch Arizona Cardinals offense and how much better this offense was with Max Williams as their tight end. Now, again, Zach. Packers was fantastic, but when you had both those guys, um, it really, really adds an awful lot to this offense, and he was sneaky good. 17 targets and 16 receptions, man. He, he would have been racking up the penalty minutes if he stuck with hockey. I yeah, think. totally. <laughs> he certainly sounded like he was uh, He was face. fine with that. All right, we come back over to basketball. Kevin Durant put the retirement rumors to bed. Is that a good thing for the Phoenix Suns? We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.